0: If you're ready to unlock your potential to transform the world around you, then join us here on the Love and Leadership Podcast as we dive into the art of leadership, exploring cutting-edge strategies and timeless wisdom, empowering you to become the exceptional leader you were born to be. You'll learn from inspiring interviews with visionaries, changemakers, and thought leaders who give us practical and actionable, real-life leadership strategies, and we'll celebrate authenticity and empathy because leadership is about connecting with others on a profound level. So if you're ready to transform your leadership journey, don't miss a single episode of the Love and Leadership podcast. Subscribe today for access to a wealth of wisdom, inspiration, and actionable strategies. Let's redefine leadership and create a world where every leader leads with love, passion, and purpose. This podcast is proudly supported by the College of St. Mary, dedicated to uncovering the essence of exceptional leadership for today's world and beyond. Enrich your leadership journey alongside a cohort of industry experts through the Master of Science in Organizational Leadership Program at CSM. Crafted to suit your schedule, this online degree can be yours in just 12 months. Are you prepared to soar in your career? Take the leap forward with the College of St. Mary, shaping leaders for tomorrow. Explore your potential today and learn more at csm.edu msol. Welcome to the Love and Leadership Podcast, where we bring you interviews with extraordinary leaders who are changing the world. I'm Dr. Beth Merkel, your Love and Leadership Podcast host. And you know, laying people off is one of the hardest things we do as leaders. And the only thing we hate more than talking about downsizing our teams is actually doing it. And that's why so many of us put it off or do it so badly when we have no other choice. Well, get ready to be inspired to turn layoffs into love and leadership as we welcome Brenda Peterson, the layoff lady, to the Love and Leadership podcast. Now, Brenda's story is not your typical success narrative. (laughs) She's had more than her fair share of layoffs, and actually seven to be exact. But each time, Brenda bounced back stronger and wiser than before. So as the layoff lady, Brenda has reframed her downsizing experiences and turned them into lessons on how to optimize layoffs, how to create successful job transitions and build career resilience. And in her new book, Seven Lessons from Seven Layoffs, Brenda teaches us the hard lessons and insights that she learned from being downsized again and again. She's a career coach and our guide through the layoff maze that we'll explore from the leader's perspective. And Brenda says that layoffs can lead to new opportunities and higher career levels if we maintain the right mindset. So let's find out how to do that. Thank you so much for joining us on the Love and Leadership podcast, Layoff Lady, Brenda Peterson.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. So nice to be here.
0: What what a joy to have you. Now, you are just a, one of those people that I met and we clicked with right away um, we met at the uh, ATD Association for Talent Development conference uh, a few months back. And mm-hmm. um, actually, I've gotten a, a couple of guests from that. That was an important <laughs> conference. I will have you know. So, right off the bat, I knew your message was an important one. And that after seven layoffs in your career, You must have a story to tell because that's so much to handle. And before we jump into our discussion, I'm hoping you'll tell us a bit about that journey and how you came to recognize the positive when the rest of us would be ready to give up.
1: Uh, I think the very first time that I was laid off, uh, I was caught off guard. I didn't really know that that was possible. I just never really thought about that. And so I went to work that day, lots of things on my calendar and I found myself at home with a box, you know, in early afternoon going, oh, so I guess I guess I don't work there anymore. So now what do I do? And I think after the surprise laid off, I took a step back and said, you know what, this is actually an opportunity. Uh, to take a step back, to figure out, am I doing the thing that I really love and that I want to do? And is this where I want my career to go going forward? Uh, What was funny is that I I paused and did that reflection and said, yeah, I'm in the right area. I'm in the field of learning and development. Uh, For a living, I help people learn. So that part was right. Now it was a matter of finding an organization and a next role that felt like a good fit for me. Uh, that aligned with my goals and how I wanted to help people. And so I did a little soul searching, I made a plan and I moved forward. And I think the second time that I was laid off, I was like, but I already did mine. I thought I was done. I thought I I got to not be laid off anymore. Yeah, right. And so that was a particular <laughs> time of, of transition in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm done. So I um. That was a, a lot of life changes. So I um again, did a similar process, got a little better at it, moved to a new city, found a new role. Uh, and then, you know, I've done a lot of work in startups. I've always been in learning and development, which is one of those roles that tends to go earlier when companies do layoffs right up there with marketing. So mm-hmm. over time, I've realized I just need to be, be more prepared for anything that might happen, uh, given what I've chosen to do for a living and and the area that I love. So basically, I've made a point over time to build up my career resilience, build up my professional network, be opportunity ready, uh, and also share all of my lessons learned with other people who have reached out to me over the years and said, goodness, I just worked someplace for 20 years. And now my job went away, I have no idea where to even start. Uh, and through helping those people and then working with groups like the White Box Club uh, that does online meetings for people who are in career just trans- transition, rather, just to support that process, um, I really honed how I handled layoffs and also helped other people figure out how they could handle it, too. Uh, so uh, the book that I just wrote was my effort to document both my real stories so that people don't feel like they're alone going through that, uh, to acknowledge that it's hard and also to say, here are some things that will help you as you go through this process so you don't make any long-term mistakes trying to work through what's actually a short-term transition period in your life.
0: That's such an important point because we feel like it's gonna go on forever, for every day, every week that we are unemployed or you know, unattached to this identity builder we called a career. You know, we we feel like it's forever and we're mm-hmm. the only ones, but you're saying no. And I love the generosity uh, that you're sharing this experience. So many of us tuck it away and, and are a little bit uh, ashamed. And you're like, no, nope, no, nope. we all go through this and yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to share it with the world and let people learn what they can learn. So, you know, in your book, um, which, which is fantastic, yeah. by the way, and I absolutely suggest everyone Um, Get hold of it, particularly if you are um, experiencing a layoff. I think you will. (laughs) You you never know, but um, just be prepared. And you walk the reader through seven key lessons that you learned from your own layoff experiences. And these lessons helped you, like you just said, to regroup and bounce back better than before. I think this might be the catalyst that we all need to get there instead of wallowing, uh, you know, maybe wallow a little bit, but not for too long. And you and I were chatting over coffee.
1: It's a tiny place. Yeah.
0: So many of my, my more brilliant ideas are in chatting over coffee with good friends. And it occurred to me that you, We were talking about the experience from an employee perspective and you wrote the this one, this first book from an employee perspective, but these lessons could be really valuable for the leaders who have to do the laying off. So, I thought we would explore each lesson to help the love and leadership community learn how to help the people we have to let go maximize this experience. So, all right. So, you know, in, in the, we've got seven of them to get through. So uh, we agreed beforehand, we'd kind of just launch right in and um, get through like, (laughs) what do we mean? And then put some actionable steps from a leader perspective on the, uh, back end of each of these lessons. And the first one you talk about is managing your emotions and mindset. What do you mean by that, Brenda?
1: So just like you commented that, you know, you can't just wallow and and stop. Uh, but you do need to feel your feelings. Uh, otherwise, if you don't process those emotions of everything from shame to anger to, oh, why didn't I see that coming uh, to regret to anything you're feeling, um, it's important to work through that. uh, Because if you don't, that's going to come out sideways at just the wrong time, as you're trying to find a new role. So it's definitely valuable to work through those emotions, just so that you can move forward. Uh, In addition, Mm. you also need to choose your mindsets. Uh, So much of life is not necessarily about what happens to us, but how we choose to react to that and what we do next. So when it comes to mindsets, uh, part of that is changing your language to reflect how you're hopeful I'm a fan of using what I call a realistic optimist mindset, which is where you're honest with yourself about the challenges, but also hopeful about the future and that you'll land someplace good for you in the future. Uh, And I think one of those um, concepts that helps drive that forward is the idea of being the CEO of you not just your career, but of you in general, and knowing that you have to drive your career and make good business decisions for yourself, uh, similar to how the company you work for was just making a good business decision uh, for that organization.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as far as yeah. how that applies to leaders, uh, I think when you're a leader, um some things that that I've experienced that felt good. One of them is that leaders who were honest and kind throughout the process, it's it's a hard thing to have to do. There's no fun side of a layoff to be on. Um, I have uh, you know been left during a layoff and then you feel bad that, that you're still there and nobody else is or other people aren't. Uh, but it also feels bad to be a leader who has to say, yeah, we're we're not in a position to keep your role. Uh, So I think just being kind as you're going through that process, being clear, being honest, uh, letting them know that in most cases, it's not their performance. This is about the organization needing to make a change. And they're still good. They're still good at what they do. Uh, Also, I think it's making sure that you can help point those people towards resources so that they can have help with figuring out their resume and what they want to do next, and even figuring out some of those financial parts of it. And from an organizational standpoint, anything that an organization or leaders can do to help ease that hard financial transition when it comes to uh, insurance issues, when it comes to, um, you know, severance agreements, when it comes to reminding them that they're probably eligible for unemployment, but just helping them to figure out what's next for them and really acknowledging how hard it all is, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, we spend a lot of time. And for those of you who don't know, I am the director of a Master of Science in Organizational Leadership program at College of St. Mary. It's an online program, but we still do a lot of exploration of self. And when we get to this part about um, communicating hard news, whether it's feedback or um, a layoff to our team members, we um, we often think we do it better than we really do. So we do a lot of role play. And we learn to, to first of all, do it face-to-face as much as possible, right? Let the person you're giving this news to feel that you are in pain with them, you know, or it, it's not easy for you to. Um, I've actually had... Uh, feedback from clients say that uh, they were laid off via email or text or something like, yeah, thanks for your service. Send. How horrible. And where's the process in that? So I think, first of all, if we do it face to face, if we share the experience and don't be afraid of the silences, we are so afraid of of not filling in the silence. Give the person a minute to process what you just said, right? I just said your job is eliminated, right? And this person is going through all kinds of mental, you know, gyrations. Oh my gosh, what does this mean for the kids, for the mortgage, um, for my identity? And there's like, oh, you know, but it's okay. Let's, um, what do you want to do? How do you want to handle this? But- Give them a minute. I think it's kind, right? Just let them be with it and be with them in that moment and choose our language really carefully. Right. Let's, I love that you pointed out that, you know, a person who has been laid off should be careful what language they're using. um, And that the language should be forward thinking. And I think as leaders, we can, do the same thing. Uh, we can yeah. say, you know, in your, you know, I can do whatever you need to help you get set up in your next, um, next opportunity. What opportunities can I help create for you? That kind of thing. Definitely. And another thing I want to put forward that I am a huge proponent of, but we don't talk about very much in leadership is Therapy. Right, recommend that this person go through a therapist to help process these emotions, right? I I love my therapist. (laughs) I will will straight up say that. Um, And so if we can know the uh, benefits that our organization has, we can say, you know, here's an EAP. You have what, you know, Often, um, EAPs, um, employee assistance programs provide, what, like five counseling services? Five or six, depending. depending. Yeah, per incident. So use them, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid of those emotions. Thank you. That is really important and probably the hardest part.
1: And it's the one people try to skip because they're like, I'm fine. just gonna go find a job and it's all gonna be fine and we're just not even gonna worry about this and it's like and that works for a couple days and then eventually you're gonna you're gonna fall apart a little bit because you have to because it's it's huge and it's life-changing and working through that is how you move forward it's no fun at all but it's important to do that just so that you're not otherwise sometimes it comes out as being angry or being frustrated, or people snap at other people, or they're like, "Oh, I'm mad at everybody." And it's like, "Yeah, this is not a great situation. You need to work through that, uh, but you also need to look at the future um, and figure out. I know this is not great. How do I get to that place that I want to be? And and sitting in that anger or sitting in that fear or that hate long term isn't going to get you very far.
0: Absolutely not. But I'll counter that with it is important to recognize. Hey, I'm angry. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sad. No pretending. Yeah. And then even as a leader, I'm angry that I have to do this. I'm sad that I have to let you go. Um, You know, I'm I'm hurt. And maybe not telling the person you're firing, you know, this hurts me more than it hurts you. (laughs) Let's not go there. But acknowledge to yourself, this, this is really painful. I have to work through that so that I can help this other person manage their emotions, which is part of my leadership job. All right. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I would say, get as much outside help as you can with this. And like your counselor, your, um, go to a mentor to prepare. If you know, you have layoffs, go to somebody who is seasoned, who has done this before What did they do? How did it work out? Um, Think about those times as you did, Brenda, so bravely. Those times when you've been laid off, what would I have needed? And bring it to the situation. For sure. Excellent. Excellent. we could do an entire year of podcasts on this one alone.
1: (laughs) Yes, for sure.
0: (laughs) But let's move on to the second um, key lesson, which is manage your money.
1: Talk to us about that. So, you know, most people work and that's usually their main income stream and often the source of their benefits. So that might be where your family's health insurance comes from. So one of the the big things that you need to address right away is figuring out what am I going to do from a money standpoint? So, and that's things like looking at any severance you might get, figuring out how much that might be, uh, figuring out what your family is going to do for health insurance, whether you can go on somebody else's plan or whether you need to look at something through the healthcare exchange uh, or do something totally else, depending on your family situation. Uh, But basically, figuring out unemployment and then just figuring out how does your budget need to adjust and how do you get anybody else in your household on board to those changes that you need to make. Uh, One of the the really hard things about a layoff is you don't know how long it's going to last i have had layoffs as long as a month and as long as nine and unemployment typically lasts six months depending on the state that you're in is going to influence your state and your last income is going to influence exactly how long that comes in and and what kind of an amount you get Um, so there's a lot of pieces to juggle and a lot of ambiguity to manage so mm-hmm. it's a matter of figuring out how to adjust your goals. So this is probably not the time when you're going to pay off a bunch of things or take big vacations. This is probably when you minimize everything you can and go more into the mode of trying to maintain and trying to not make any big mess for yourself to clean up later on. Uh, yeah. So it's just adjusting that mindset, again, learning about more about insurance and unemployment than you maybe ever thought you'd want to know, uh, but you get to learn all that right then uh, when you're under stress. So it's, it's figuring out how to make those good initial decisions and then setting yourself up for that interim time until you're working again and have a more consistent income to what you're used to. Absolutely.
0: I mean, it's a, it's a huge adjustment and let's face it. Most Americans are not prepared. We don't have a year's salary set aside. um, You know, Sure wish I did, <laughs> but you know, I don't. Um, and I'm guessing that most of our listeners don't. So as 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 a, a worker, an employee, um, it's for all of us, it's important to know what yeah. are our benefits, what really what are, read the fine print before you are under duress and trying yeah. to read the fine print. And like, get a plan yeah. together. Now, from a leader perspective, what does their finance have to do with me? You know I mean? <laughs> that's their problem,
1: right? I don't things have to we don't say that. in front of people we're laying off, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I think um, a lot of it is, is, first of all, that empathy and that kindness. I think that anything um, people leaders can do to point people towards resources to help them. So maybe reminding them of things like unemployment, that that's something that happens at the state level. Uh, maybe even a handout that says, hey, here's some things to check out. Uh, I know some of the times when I've been laid off, I have had access to counseling services, which was everything from helping you with your resume to a job search strategy to how do we help you figure out the nuts and bolts of your budget for the next little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think one of the sources of help is always assistance, getting a new position or perhaps getting interim work. So I think People leaders can always help people make connections and explore new areas and and get ideas uh, or even suggesting um, resources through different states. Sometimes they have retraining programs and additional assistance if you're having financial issues, Uh, but just letting people know about resources and that they do have options. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe the reminder, probably not right during that layoff meeting, but at some point is this isn't forever it may feel like this is never going to end. But this is an interim situation that you need to navigate through. Uh, so trying to keep that longer term mindsets at a time when everything is like, Oh, oh what am I going to do? So I yeah. think it's, yeah. again, kindness and pointing towards the resources, and really anything that an employer can do to help ease that transition, I think is, is definitely loving as people are going through this.
0: Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. And so it becomes the leader's responsibility to know what those options are, know it what severance helped. is being offered, know what the time frame is, know what, um, what the unemployment benefits are. And if you don't know the unemployment, who can you connect this person to yes. who really sincerely does and will be able to help them? So yes, as leaders, their finances, none of our business, and yet, it really is. We can help uh, give them those resources, but we have to know what those resources are. So it's our responsibility to be aware of that. At the first hint that we might be going into a layoff situation, do your homework and do it do it really well, um, especially where people's money and insurance is concerned, because that's terrifying.
1: Yes. And one of the my flagship article on my blog at the layofflady.com is called I just got laid off. Now what do I do? <laughs> and that's where I just outline what are some of these things you need to be aware of. And I even have a little to do list and a to don't list, like don't run out and take the first job you can find. Don't you know, here are the things that are going to be career limiting moves. Uh, Mm -hmm. But just having some idea of like what needs to happen over over those first couple of weeks, I think is helpful in a time when people are stressed out and probably not thinking the most logically right then because they're scared and worried and and going through all those emotions that we talked about. So, yeah, just helping them make that short term and then a little bit longer term plan forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So we've kind of segued a little bit into the third key um lesson which is answer the question what do i want to do next
1: true so uh one thing that i think is interesting is that um as somebody who's been laid off seven times i've had seven occasions to stop and reflect and say well here's what i liked about my last thing here's what i think i want in a in a new position uh this kind of office this kind of boss more of this less of that and that's something that a lot of people don't ever do. They pick their career maybe early on and they just keep doing that same thing they've always done. And maybe they like it, maybe they don't, but it's it's paying the bills and you don't have to worry about it too hard. So one of the things I encourage people to do is to take that time to stop and reflect and think not only, you know, the, the, the question we ask kids, which is, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? But it's, well, what do you want to be next? And what does that look like? Uh, so I think that's a process of, of structured soul searching to figure out what are my values? What are my strengths? What are the things that I like to do? What are my talents? Uh, what are all of those different things that I'd like to use in my work life? Maybe even how much money I want to make, what kind of a job title, what kind of an organization, Um, what kind of arrangements as far as remote or in person or a combination, just all of those things and starting to figure out what does that next position look like? Uh, And then from there, then you have a better way to talk to people about what you're looking for. uh, And they can, they can do a better job of helping you to find that next thing. But doing that soul searching is a very important first part of that. Mm.
0: And you know, so many of us have defined ourselves by our careers or by our job titles for so long that this can be a really tough yes. question. And and, and it's going to take, give it some time, right? It, yeah. This isn't anything that has to be answered in the next hour, you know, by tomorrow. Just explore it. And as a leader, I think it can be really helpful to, maybe not in that initial meeting when you when you tell somebody they're fired because so much is going on up here. But say mm-hmm. after you after you do that, yeah, yeah, and you've done it well and lovingly. Say let's let's set up another meeting. Let's talk about what I know about you. What do I see as your strengths? What do I see Definitely. as your talents and abilities? And from my outside perspective, different ways that this might be used. And as a leader, we are responsible for thinking about our people that way, not just what can they do for me and the task at hand and the organization, um, but thinking about them as actual human beings and real people and maximizing their potential Paying attention to their talents, and sometimes we don't see what we do well in ourselves. So taking Very the true. time to, to meet with that person later, when the dust has settled, and here's what I see. Here's what you do well. Here are different avenues you might consider that maybe you haven't considered before. And by the way, I am willing to share my human or my uh, my social capital with you. Yes. My network, my um, recommendation, you need an introduction. If I know that person, I'm making the introduction, right? So what do you want to be next? You know, this is where I get excited. That's that's the fun part. Leadership consultant, because it's about unlocking that potential. And here you have the opportunity to unlock potential in a different way or unlock it in a different way than you have before.
1: For sure, and and that's exactly what I would suggest. I think, like you said, many people are blind to what they're good at. Uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Gallup's uh, Clifton Strengths Assessment, just because yeah. that's one way to find out all of those things that you naturally do. Not mm-hmm. everybody does all those things, so those are. Those are unique to you and how do those play out? And then yes, getting in touch with people who you've worked with and you're a leader would be ideal. And just to have that conversation of like, what have you seen me do well? When do I seem to light up? What do I seem to not be that excited about? Because sometimes we're so busy doing our jobs, we forget to reflect on those things. Uh, So yeah, and I think you hit it on the head with helping them figure out possibilities, what they might wanna do in the future, helping them make connections um, helping them remember some of the projects that they worked on, because so much of this, which comes up next, is is figuring out how to tell your story. Yeah. And if you've worked someplace for any length of time, you probably don't have top of mind all the projects that you worked on. So I think just being able to really help them dig into what they've done in the past and help them think about what they might want to pursue more in the future, that's just invaluable. Mm.
0: Absolutely. And the 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 outside perspective, right? Yes. It's it's like trying to write your own resume. I know anytime, and and I've written what a million of them <laughs> over the over the course of my career. It's so hard to write my own resume, but boy, can I do it for somebody else. And and the yeah. rock stars because I see them that way. Yes. I'm, I'm not lying, I'm not patting the truth. I'm seeing I'm saying the truth as I see it. So, as a leader, and not everyone will be a rock star. Sometimes we are letting people go because of performance. I'll say you didn't align with this role, but here's yeah. what I see you do really well, um, and how can we maximize that? How can you maximize that? And um, you know what? An exciting,
1: and I love that. Um, I know that that as a as a leader in the past it is interesting when sometimes you run across an employee who's amazing, but isn't quite in the right job. And Mm -hmm. so being able to have those honest conversations about here's where I really see you excel. What are you interested in doing? And how does this align? And what opportunities can we find for you to develop those skills? And maybe where might your career go after this? Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of that again is is kindness and honesty and giving them useful feedback and really helping them get to that next step.
0: Yeah, which you know we need. We
1: all need that boost, especially in oh, that time. Yeah, definitely.
0: And that's all part, as you just alluded to. That's all part of uh, shaping our own story uh, instead yes. of saying, you know, I, I, I failed. I, I didn't. I didn't succeed whatever. um, Then we can say, no, I, I was successful up to the point where it no longer worked anymore. And so reshaping it and telling our story about the success. Am I off base on that? Talk to, I'll, I'll I'll turn it over to you. I think,
1: oh, and, and I think you're on the right track. Um, The reason I brought up that one is that I think if you're if you're a, a hiring manager and you're looking at a resume, the easiest ones to read are the ones that are well behaved. When you started out being a project coordinator and then you became a project manager and then you became a project director and then you became the VP of project management, well, that's that's clear and we we get that. That makes perfect sense how you did that. And I am um, after you know my third layoff in about five years. I'm like, whoa, this. I'm gonna have to figure out how I tell the story about who I am and what I do because I think just looking at dates are are you at a glance thinking, Whoa, somebody doesn't stick with anything. Is she actually terrible at everything? Is that why this keeps happening? Oh, it's layoffs. you know, how do you how do you shape and share your story so that you're saying, you know, I I have a background in this. I worked for three similar companies Uh, due to layoffs. Here's what happened due to a downturn in this industry. That's when this position ended. Uh, But really also describing what you did in those roles. Sometimes there's not always a direct alignment between what your job title is and what responsibilities you had. So figuring out how to talk about those things well. Uh, I also think for people who are looking to shift their focus at all. Uh, They may need to figure out how to talk about their skills in a way that resonates with a different industry. I know, for example, working in learning and development, a very a related field is sales enablement, which is really training and behavioral change as it relies to, has, relates to salespeople. Uh, but there's a little bit different language that goes into that. So part of that is figuring out, so here are my skills. Now, how do I speak to somebody in that area so that I highlight the things that I can do that help them solve the problems that they need solving? And it's it's figuring out that story and how you tell that through your resume, how you tell that through LinkedIn, how you tell that through every question you answer about a project you did, and even how you reach out to somebody on LinkedIn and said, hey, here's who I am and what I'm looking for. Let's connect and see if we can help one another. So it's just figuring out how you tell your story, uh, both during the interview process and then just in general about who you are in your career. Mm. That's
0: It's so important um, to understand that uh, different industries have different wording for the same things right
1: <laughs> and, and even within you know yeah, there's always even that, within it- an industry
0: good point point. and we have to be able to tell the story so that people can get the overall context and connect the dots themselves if we just stick with an industry-oriented narrative using all the jargon you know and, and I do that for using myself as an example for education um then perhaps somebody in um marketing will be like oh she's not qualified no i'm i'm highly qualified <laughs> i'm just not using your particular buzzwords
1: so- i have to connect the dots for you and and i think sometimes as a as a job seeker it can be frustrating because you're thinking but i could totally do this i would be awesome at this yeah and the first trick is you have to figure out how through the words that you put on a page you convince them that the thing they need done is the thing you've totally done before and part of that is shifting your language even within the field of learning and development it's it's talent development it's instructional design it's learning experience design it's um talent management i mean there are lots of different areas that are within the same field but even company by company they may use different terms to talk about the same thing so Mm -hmm. it really comes down to figuring out what you want and then looking at job descriptions and thinking how do i tailor my resume for this particular job that uses this set of words as opposed to another job that uses a little bit different set of words
0: and this is where a leader's um social network can come in oh definitely network could come in handy You know, I I know people in just about every industry I can think of, and so I could say, you know what, this resume looks fantastic to me. But why don't you run it past my friend over here in construction engineering and um, see if you know, see, get some feedback from this person? So, for sure, it's a good way. If you say, how can I as a leader help this person? shape and share their story. And we can go back to what we just yeah. talked about. And that is tell them the side of the story that you see in terms of their talents, their gifts, their contributions, what they've done well, and mm-hmm. then um, do connect them to anyone who might be able to help them uh, who's in your network. You don't have to be the expert in everything, but we all know somebody who's an expert in everything. So make those connections and let this person reshape their story. I think that's sure. And, and again, be careful about the language we use to, to, to not undermine that story, right? Make sure it's positive
1: and
0: correct and forward thinking and forward moving.
1: And that's always the value of, of, like you said, having other people give you feedback and it might be as easy as talking to somebody in the job you think you want to be in with the kind of company you want to work for and just getting their insights. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's, we gain so much just from our interactions with people. Uh, just, you never know what you're going to learn and, and how that could be useful to you later on. So I think just being open to those connections and again, not being afraid to, to ask for help. Yeah, which
0: takes us into number five, help. Not planned, help- but, but that worked. Help you. Look how good you are. You just oh, sit that right in there. <laughs> um, and um I this might this might be one of the harder ones. This I mean, how help, help people help you. Like I have just been laid off. I am not, you know, to me, we're going into two different mindsets, or at least in my experience when this has happened to me. I can go into victim. Oh my gosh, woe is me, poor me. I'm terrible at everything, you know, while I'm there for a little while or mm-hmm. the other side, which is, I am not a victim. I will conquer. I will, this is mine. I, and boy, we don't let people in because there is a sense of we're vulnerability scared ability when we're
1: oh, already yeah.
0: so vulnerable.
1: Yeah. How do we help people help us? So I think part of it is, is knowing what kinds of things you need. What I've found is that when it comes to being in career transition, people are so willing to help. I think of how many people have reached out to me when I've been laid off. And, and the general thing they'll say is, what do you need? I'll do anything you need. Do you need a casserole? I'll make you a casserole. I'll bring it to your house. Do you need a ride to a job interview? Do you need somebody to watch your kids? You know What might that be? And I think the hard part is that People generally want to be helpful, but they really don't always know what to do, especially if they've never been in the situation before. Um, and so I think what's what's a challenge is you have to figure out, well, what do I really need? And some of the things you probably need, you probably need somebody to just vent to. Just It's like, this is just idle complaining. We're not going to solve anything. I just need to say some stuff out loud to just get it out. Uh, there's probably somebody who it's like, can we just go do something that's fun? That's just a distraction. Uh, Can we go take a walk outside? Can we get together and just have some social interaction where I'm not concentrating on how bad I feel because I lost my job? Uh, Some people, it's going to be referrals. Some people, it's going to be help with your resume. uh, It's going to be uh, that person who holds you accountable. Um, My daughter and my best friend are the people that I would always text before I had an interview. And I'm like, hey, I have an interview. and They'd be like, yay, you'll do great. That's all I needed from them right then. Uh, So it's just, who are the people that you need things from big and small? How can they help you? And then just asking, because you know what? People do want to help. And that way you're, you're giving them the gift of letting them help you because they know it's a rough time uh, and they just, they don't always know what to do. Uh, Sometimes in my case, I will offer because I know what they might need. Uh, And again, that's why I put together that initial article of like, what are the things you need to attend to right away? And what are the few things you don't want to do that will kind of mess things up longer term. Uh, And I think, again, almost anything you do to show them you care is going to be received well. But then, too, if as the person who's laid off, you can jump in and say, hey, here's what I need. Can you just read this and make sure it makes some sense? Uh, Can you look at my resume and see if there are any typos or if there's anything I need to update? And just know that you're going to rely on different people for different things. And that's good. And then also be ready to pay that forward later on. I think that's the thing that that really makes that easier, Uh, partly because I'm sure part of why I've done so much coaching for the White Box Club and talking to anybody who has said, I've been laid off, I don't know what to do, is that I'm like, here, let me help you with some things that took me two or three layoffs to learn, but that now I can tell you and that's going to save you some aggravation. So again, Mm -hmm. I think, and I think from a leader standpoint, it's again, pointing to resources, because again, they just might not know. I think it's always referrals is always a good thing. Um, I've actually seen some leaders after their team has been laid off, basically go on LinkedIn and say, hey, so I've got these three awesome people, here's what they do. And they will make separate posts really talking about, hey, here's Jill, here's what she does. Here's Saeed, here's what he does. um, And here's Mary, and here's the awesome things that she could bring to your team. So whatever makes the most sense, as far as helping people um, really make those strides towards some career opportunities, whether it's connections, whether it's referrals, whether it's feedback on a resume, or just, just, hey, let's practice answering some questions, whatever it is they need, uh, just giving them uh, some of those common opportunities that people might need help with right then. Mm, That
0: is excellent advice, excellent advice. And one thing I would add, and this would depend on on the situation. You'd have to be have some uh, e- emotional sensitivity here. But even sharing those times that I allowed people to help me or I needed help, and you know, saying you know, well, how do you think no. I got this job? You know, <laughs> I called this person and I called that person, and this person said, you know, called that other person. They know, it, you know, sometimes. Just as a leader, And you know, we can be held in the in in high esteem, or at least you know, from a, a viewpoint of high authority. Like like nothing bad happens to you, or you wouldn't be in this leadership position. And that's not true. And sometimes, <laughs> just showing that vulnerability, I needed Agreed. help too, and so I'm paying it forward. Yeah. It's not a burden to me to help you. I am paying homage to all the people who have ever helped me. And as you said, I know that when I invest in you, you will pay it forward. Um, taking the um, the taboo out of asking for help.
1: Yeah. Can
0: be Definitely. so helpful. And then that kind of goes into six because uh, the sixth, lesson is make use wise use of energy and time and when you're letting people help you you are using your time and energy more wisely as
1: am i on track there oh certainly i mean i think a lot of um a lot of what i put into that particular chapter i think sometimes when we're going through a tough time uh, we wanted to do a list ourselves to death. Like, if I, I'll just make this list. And if I do all the things on this list, then it will all work out well. Yeah. And the the problem is you're, you're never done looking for a job until you have one. And in your head, you're like, oh, I can write two more messages. I can connect with two more people. I can apply for two more things. And you can, but you can only go 100 miles an hour so long before you're going to hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so part of that is about... Uh, prioritizing what makes sense for you to do. Uh, For example, I actually had a, a list of what are my highest priority job searching activities to do. Top one was an interview. Second one was a meeting that would probably get me closer to an interview. Uh, one of the things that was pretty high up was an in-person meeting where I would have a chance to speak in front of people and connect with individuals. So, I mean, it's just figuring out where are these things on the list. And I also knew that if there was a day when I had an interview and then maybe there was a social networking thing I could do, uh, like going to a professional development group later on that day, that was further on the list. And my top priority was going to that interview. And if I didn't have enough energy left, I was going to skip that event because it was more important for me to focus on that interview and then to recover. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's also a focus on self-care, making sure that you're having fun, that you're doing nice things for yourself, that you're getting some sleep, uh, that you're connecting with other people. Because again, you're not going to like spend three more hours each day doing things and get further ahead. You're probably your quality is going to start to go down. You might be applying for jobs that aren't as good of a fit, uh, and it starts to just erode your efforts. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of that is also figuring out um, what are the right things for you to keep doing, and setting some metrics on the things that you can control. So, for example, I can control which jobs I apply for. I can control how many jobs I pick. I can control. Um, which ones I reach out to because I know somebody for a referral. I can't control who calls me back. I can't control if I get an interview. Uh, and so it's, it's looking at the things you can control and making sure you're doing those right things uh, and not necessarily beating yourself up because of all those things you can't control. Um, the hard thing when you're waiting and worrying and feeling bad because you don't have a job is realizing that if you keep on doing the right things, it'll work out. You just have to keep on keeping on doing those right things and knowing that eventually something's going to pop. Uh, it's just the hard part being you don't know when eventually is. Yeah. So that's where you get together with friends and do fun stuff and take care of yourself knowing that it is going to work itself out and it'll actually be okay. Uh, yeah. And you have to kind of convince yourself of that sometimes. Yeah.
0: And and as you pointed out earlier, not just okay, but most of the time, I will venture, not always, mm-hmm. but most of the time mm-hmm. better. You know, I think, yeah. well, what if I hadn't, what, what if I was still in that job that I had 25 or 30 years ago, um, that I really wasn't suited for, boy, would yeah. my life be a lot different and a lot less fulfilled than it is now. So sometimes we can so thank true. God for these new opportunities that come in the form of layoff. Um, yeah, so one thing that crosses my mind um, as as a leader how can we help um those people who we have to lay off or let go uh make wise use of their time and energy and that can be by doing all of those things that we've we've already said sharing your network um giving a list of uh effective current resources um and um giving a list of the of the talents and the things that they're helping them share their narrative or, or create their narrative all of that kind of frees up their time whereas otherwise they'd have to be reinventing this stuff you know so yes. we can say here is a list of high quality resources you don't have to go out there yeah. and spend hours trying to mine this list for yourself that's huge, huge and then and, if we and- know as leaders if we yes. know a layoff is coming up, Give them the time while they're still on the clock, while they still have benefits. Take a long lunch. Oh go go, go to that networking yeah. session. Go you know go see the counselor on company time while you still have it if we possibly can. And it's time to prioritize the person and not the project they're working on you know, to get that wrapped up before they leave because if we're putting them under more duress the project isn't going to be done well anyway.
1: Yeah. And so a couple of great points out of that. Um, I know there have been a couple of times when I've been laid off where I have been notified that it was going to happen. And then I had some time after that when I was still employed, it wasn't necessarily public knowledge that I wasn't going to be there longer term. Um, But it is nice to have that little bit of leeway. Now, there are some parts of that that are very awkward when you know that you're in a position and you're not going to be for a you know for an extended period of time, uh, but if you use that to get to all your doctor's appointments and make all those things, the appointments you've been putting off, and get to the workforce center and put your resume together and start putting feelers out, I think that that gift of time is huge. And mm-hmm. uh, another point that you brought up before was, I think too, when it comes to energy, it goes back to you're always managing your emotions during this whole thing, and so That that's a time too where I think hearing from a leader uh, that hey I've gone through hard times too and here's what I did and I think that is inspiring. Just I think it's not feeling alone as you're going through that and feeling like you're going to be okay and like other people have gone through this too and been successful. So I think it's putting all those things together. Mm.
0: And number seven, the the seventh um, lesson. that you discuss in your book is to assess, adapt, and rise above. So tell us about that, Brenda.
1: So, you know, it's like anytime we make a plan, and we know that, boy, perfect scenario, this is how this is all going to go. And very seldom does our perfect plan ever work out exactly like we wanted it. Isn't um, so that I think, the truth? Right? Well, isn't that just life right not, there? Yeah, just has that ever happened? I'm not sure. <laughs> it, that would take me a while to think of like, oh, here's totally a time when that all worked out. But yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that the plan is is irrelevant. The plan is very helpful. It's just that you need to revisit it over time. Uh, so it's important to take inventory of what you're doing, figuring out what's been working and what hasn't been. Uh, I always think in terms of a start doing, stop doing, keep doing list. Uh, so if you've done something and it hasn't worked a couple times, like, ah, I think I'm going to maybe stop doing that particular thing. And instead, I'm going to try something new, uh, whether that's I'm going to go to a different kind of professional development meeting and see who I meet. Uh, I'm going to introduce myself with this elevator speech as opposed to my older one and see if that hits a little different. Uh, maybe I'm going to look at look for positions with smaller organizations or with a big, large organization. Just change up what I'm looking for. But I think it's important to take inventory of what you're doing. Uh, For example, see what kinds of companies you've been applying for, how you've been putting resumes in, and how often are you getting callbacks. Um, I think it's also a case of looking at um, how far do you tend to get in the hiring process before you hit a wall. So if you're not getting callbacks, that probably means that you need to take a look at your resume and maybe your LinkedIn. Uh, If you're getting uh, phone screens, but not getting a second interview, uh, what's in your phone screen? How do you tidy that up? If you're getting a little further in the process, like, what might you do a little bit better? Uh, and the frustrating part is, you might be doing everything pretty darn well. And it just hasn't been the one that was going to work out. And that's the hardest one to hear. Uh, but some of the contingencies I talk about, one of them, again, is, is not knowing how long you're going to be unemployed. So there are some cases where you need to think about, um with the understanding that employment typically lasts six months, again, depending on the state that you're in. After six months, well, one of your income streams is going away. Does that mean you get an interim job? Are you contracting? Are you working a, a, an interim retail job? Are you going to take a nights and evenings job? What what might that look like? Uh, but figuring out, depending on how things are going, uh, what does your target job still look like? Are you going to ease up what you want? Or are you determined that that's the job that you want? So you're going to double down and, and make, make changes in other areas to stick with that plan. But it's mm-hmm. all about adjusting and figuring out um, what to do based on what kinds of results you're getting and knowing yeah. that you can't control everything, but you can control how you respond to it. And eventually, if you keep on doing those right things, something will work out. Uh, it's just not knowing when that's very yeah. frustrating. Yeah. But keeping not that in knowing mind, when yes. the ball
0: is broken. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, and I think one of the most important things a leader can do, and and I'll go on the assumption that the leader has built some type of a relationship with this employee, with this team member, to help them assess, adapt, and rise above. You go, like, isn't some of this just out of my hands? Yes, but we can say just because you don't work here anymore doesn't mean that my door isn't open to you. Check in once a week, once a month, let's do coffee every couple of weeks. And I'll be your sounding board. I'll um I will help you assess uh, realistically um and and just keep that support going um if at all possible. And I think that's one of the most yeah. important things we can do is say, it's because you're not part of this organization anymore. doesn't mean I devalue you as a human being in your journey. So um, yeah, it's not, and it's not gonna take tons of your time. 10 minute phone call once a week, something like that uh, can really help someone stay in a mindset where they can accurately assess Uh, their situations, where they have the energy to adapt, where they feel like they're supported um, enough that they can rise above. So just being there, if that's not Mm -hmm. too cliche, um, I think that's,
1: I think that's huge. You know, and I think that's a great point. Sometimes we think that if we're going to support, we're like, well, I have to go do a big thing. And it's like, no, you can send them a text and say, Hey, how are you doing? I haven't heard from you for a bit. Yeah, that's, that's huge. I think at a time when, you know, one of the things you lose when you don't, you know, have your job anymore is that you lose all of the colleagues that you had, and you lose all those daily interactions, and you lose that familiarity, as well as you losing your a big sense of purpose and the identity that goes along with that job title. So it's nice when Even if those things aren't there, you're like, hey, but you're still my colleague. We don't necessarily work together at the same place, but you're still part of my professional network. You're my colleague. How can I help you? How are you doing? Uh, You're going to be okay. And just those assurances and even just listening to somebody and helping them think through what might be their next steps, um, there's so much value in just providing that support to make people feel, feel like they're valued and like people care and like they'll be okay.
0: Like they're valued, and people care. What a wonderful way to end this discussion. Oh, Brenda, I don't want it to end, but at some point, all good things must come to an end. So I will wrap it up by um, asking, um, what one thing would you like our audience to to leave this discussion knowing?
1: I think from a from a leadership standpoint, it's making sure that when you are in that position where your company is doing layoffs, um, be kind and be and be mindful of of the people who are in front of you and and what they're about to go through. And I think that any support you can offer them, uh, definitely some of those things being just somebody to to chat with, getting their feedback on what they did well, also getting their feedback on who they should connect with or who they might want to talk to, to learn a little bit more. I think that's just invaluable. So I think if you could just be present and be kind during that layoff event, and then be present and be helpful. Later on, and like Beth had said, it doesn't need to be a huge time commitment, but just letting them know that you care and that you're willing to help them make connections and help that them get to that next paid opportunity. I think that's all huge.
0: I could not have said it better myself. And finally, what's going on in Brenda's world? What What do you want the audience to know about um, uh, uh, about Brenda and the layoff lady? What's going on that we should know about?
1: Cool. Well, I blog weekly at the Uh, And some of those are ideas that either uh, came from a book in the making or came from a, a book that already ended up being made. I always take suggestions for people on what they're interested in learning about and then Uh, use those within that content. So that's definitely worth checking out. Uh, Again, as Beth had mentioned, uh, my book, Seven Lessons for Seven Layoffs, a guide uh, is available on Amazon. Uh, It's also available through ebook. So if somebody has just been laid off and needs something right then, that's a good resource to get to them. Uh, Or if they'd rather have that reference to look at later on, there is a paper copy. Uh, And it's nice because it's both personal stories and it's some step-by-step on what to do with yourself and what challenges you might be going through uh, as you're weathering that layoff Uh, also one of the seminars that i have uh, coming up is a career resilience seminar which is a virtual workshop that i do for people who are currently working but want to make sure that they're in a good place uh should should they experience a layoff. So that's looking at the more forward thinking part of that of um, how do you build your professional network? How do you make sure that you know how to shape and share your story? Uh, and how do you do some basic contingency planning so that you're not caught flat footed if you are part of a layoff? Uh, but that next one is coming up on, on um, February 22nd with an organization called Learning Rebels. So I'm going to partner with them to do that seminar, which will be fun. Okay. Uh, and I'm always doing different speaking engagements and a little bit of career counseling as well. So again, check out my website, thelayofflady.com for additional information.
0: Wonderful. And we will have um, all the links in the show notes mm-hmm. so people will be able to find you. And you're, you're pretty well branded out there. So just a search for <laughs> Layoff Lady will be uh, very helpful. So thank you so much Brenda Peterson, the Layoff Lady, for joining us on the Love and Leadership podcast today.
1: And thank you for having me. This has been great.
0: And thank each and every one of you for tuning in today. Please be sure to subscribe, like, share this episode, and hit the notifications button so you won't miss a single thing. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that it helped you realize that even laying people off can be done with love. And leading with love is a superpower that transforms the world around us. So let's go out there and make a difference one love and act at a time. I'm Dr. Beth Merkel, and I can't wait to connect with you again on the next episode of Love and Leadership. This podcast was made possible by the College of St. Mary offering a fast-track opportunity for professionals to achieve a master's degree in organizational leadership online in just 12 months. Tailored for working individuals, our program paves the way for career advancement. Take the next stride in your journey with the College of St. Mary. Apply now at csm.edu msol and unlock your leadership potential today. Thank you for joining us on this incredible journey we call love and leadership. Now it's time for you to take action and unleash your true leadership potential. Here are four easy steps you can take today. Number one, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Number two, share. Share the love with your friends, colleagues, and fellow leaders. Number three, connect to our love and leadership community by clicking the link below. And finally, take the knowledge and wisdom that you've gained from this podcast and put it into action. The Love and Leadership podcast is more than just a podcast. It's a movement. Together, let's rewrite the leadership narrative and create a world where love, passion, and purpose thrive. I can't wait to see the incredible impact you'll make as a love and leader. Stay tuned for our next episode. And until then, lead on with love.
1: Ahura Media Production.